0: Welcome to episode 80 of the Talking Friars podcast. My name is Ben Fadden here today. Not a whole lot of news. I mean, not really any news to talk about uh, today on this podcast, because obviously it's a lockout in Major League Baseball. Nothing has changed ever since that Wednesday kind of lockout. It's kind of interesting, to be quite honest. Uh, There's been literally no talks. There's been no conversations or anything uh, between the league and the players. No conversations, nothing. So that kind of just tells you that before that December 1st or December 2nd midnight kind of deadline, uh, they they wanted all these moves to be made maybe as kind of a bargaining thing. Uh, owners saying, hey, we're spending our money. You know, you can't come yell at us. You can't do that. Um, so I think you're seeing no movement, no urgency. Maybe one because it's the holidays. Uh, some teams are like the Mets are just trying to narrow down their manager search, uh, but they're going to use the excuse for the holidays, uh, that excuse. And then I don't expect much urgency to happen for another couple of months, at least. And that's really sad to hear because you want, you know, this off season you want MLB Network on and they're not even showing anything. They're just showing uh, past baseball games like it's just, you know, the regular offseason. Uh, or you know like nothing at all is happening there is no nothing so it's just sad that there's literally no activity happening Um, so I wouldn't expect much urgency to happen until like February 1st I think that's like a deadline I would look at because then you have two weeks to go about till pitchers and catchers report toward for spring training at least that's the set date right now Um, and then obviously you want them to have a full ramp up especially pitchers for spring training so that you can be ready for the full season and that there aren't a lot of injuries uh, that happen. So I think that February 1st is a date that they probably should want to have something done by, or at least have some traction towards it. I know that's a long ways away, but they're going to probably, you know, not have a whole lot of urgency until then, I would think because there is no urgency. There's no games being missed. Um, And as we saw leading up to this deadline this past week before that deadline happened on December 2nd at midnight, there was a lot of uh, action going on. There was a lot of things happening uh, in urgency. And so I think the players in the the league kind of know that regardless of when this deadline is, there can be that same action again in a week or a two-week span where there's all these deals and all that. There can be that action again. Uh, at that time, and so I think that's why you're seeing not a whole lot of urgency because they know that even if let's say an agreement happens February first, you know, two weeks they have a week and a half or whatever, however amount of time they have to get deals done. They both sides have probably agree that they think that they can get it, you know deals happening. So I, it's sad. I just don't think there's going to be a whole lot of urgency. So that's kind of the CBA negotiation update. Isn't a whole lot of an, a lot of an update. Uh, just kind of when I think a deadline is going to happen. But moving into the major part of this episode, why I'm recording this. Uh, thank you again for listening on you know Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get it. Uh, Watching on YouTube, I appreciate it. Um, the main thing is I wanted to have some fun a little bit today with the uh, trade proposal that I was thinking about. You know, a little bored because of no off season happening, uh, no off season moves. So just thinking about how the Padres, some trades you might see or uh, hypothetical trades that you know do make sense they do make sense um, for the Padres uh, and obviously the other team uh, involved that could happen after the uh, lockout happens or lockout uh, is done and concludes so I have a trade the Padres uh, involved with the Red Sox a hypothetical trade obviously this hasn't happened It might not happen, probably won't happen, but it's just fun to talk about because it is a situation that a trade is probably going to happen from that position, and it's a trade that could work. You know, it could work. Um, So that trade is the Padres and the Red Sox. Those are the two teams involved. The Padres trading Luis Camposano or Aaron Nola to the Red Sox, as well as Eric Hosmer and $39 30, $39 million uh, to the Red Sox and in return, the Padres received a pitching prospect or two uh, like a Brian Bello, who's who, uh, Brian Bellow, who, however you say his name, who's one of the top pitching prospects in that organization. Um, so that's my hypothetical trade. Um, I wrote about the story today on gaslightball.com. So that's why I'm kind of doing it here. Uh, just kind of, you have a, you know, an audio uh, visual version here on this podcast on YouTube or you can read it. Um, And so I do want to show you that right now. This is the possible trade that I did write about. Again, what I just mentioned, Luis Camposano or Austin Nola and Eric Cosmer and the, uh, the Red Sox would take on $20 million of his remaining contract. The Potters would obviously give them $39 million, which is a huge chunk of it, but Eric Hosmer just hasn't lived up to his production. And so they're going to need to bite. They're going to need to give that team a lot of salary relief and a lot of help paying off Hosmer's contract. Potters receive pitching prospect such as a bellow. I think, I mean, it could be anyone. It could be a lower level prospect. It could be someone worse than that. It's not this trade for me. Isn't really about what the Potters receive. Although, you know they probably should get some good help back because the farm system isn't as strong as it was because of all the trades that AJ has made in the past. Um, you know with Clevenger and Fam uh, Cronenworth, uh, Grisham, all those Snell, Darvish, Musgrove, all those guys. You can keep going on and on, including the trades they made last year with Frazier, giving up uh, Marcano, uh, Mason Thompson. They gave up for Daniel Hudson, which didn't really work out, but just a lot of prospects. Farm system just isn't really as strong. So I think that getting something back, uh, substantial back, uh, would help. But this trade isn't really about the talent that they're receiving back. It's more about the flexibility that they're receiving back. So like I mentioned here, I think that it's uh, it, it's it's a good trade, I think, for both sides. For the Padres, like I just mentioned, they get the flexibility, right? They don't have a whole lot of payroll space. A uh, spot track I saw before the Frazier trade at the start of the offseason the total luxury tax base was negative three million now that number has obviously changed um, but there's still you know it's a lot of um, there's gonna be a lot of moves that I think the potters are gonna have to make if they want that financial flexibility that they just don't really have at the moment and a big part of that that gaining that flexibility could be trading Eric Osmer and some of his contract again they're gonna have to eat a lot of it um, but you know, at least they get some, you know, 20 million dollars of salary relief, which could really help uh, because it, you know, that 20 million dollars could be spent elsewhere. You know, that 20 million dollars could be spent on the first year of a Nick Castellanos deal or a Chris Bryant deal or a Nelson Cruz or a Kyle Schwarber or anyone or anyone uh, help pay off Tommy Pham on a one year deal if he comes back, which seems like a very strong possibility. So just giving salary relief creates a whole lot of more scenarios that A.J. Preller and the front office can help improve Bob Melvin's team. Um, So I think that's the main reason the Potters are doing that. Now, getting to Camposano or NOLA, I think that, you know, it wouldn't really be great to give up. You know, you're not going to give up both of them, but one of them, it would hurt. But with four catchers now on the 40-man roster, Caratini, NOLA, Camposano and Jorge Alfaro, who they just traded uh, four before the lockout, they're not going to have four catchers. So I think that you're going to see a trade. And I think the most likely possibility is that you see Luis Camposano uh, attached with, you know, an Eric Cosmer or a Will Myers uh, in a trade uh, because that would make that trade more attractive to the other team because the other team, if they're going to be taking on and not, too productive player who has a big salary, they're going to want at least a star prospect type, you know, at least someone that could have a big impact going forward on the major league roster in the years to come. They're going to want that type of guy back. So I think that's why you're going to see if Hosmer is traded, someone like Camperson is going to be attached, uh, because and f- for the Padres' sake, they they don't want to give up a Mackenzie Gore because they're he looks promising now. Uh, they don't want to give up on him. He used to be the number one pitching prospect in the league. They're certainly not going to give up on C.J. Abrams. I mean, he's like a smaller Fernando Tatis Jr. They're not going to give up on him. Uh, they're not going to give up on Robert Hassel, He's, 30s. You know, looks like once he gets stronger he could be another power hitting outfielder with a lot of years of control that they want on the team in the future uh, in contention. They're probably, I mean, they could, but they like James Wood, you know, as a power bat type bat. Uh, they they just don't want to give up their top prospects, especially when they've already given up some of their top prospects in Marcano, in um, guys and uh, Xavier Edwards in the past. That they just don't want to do that anymore uh, because they 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 believe in the top crop prospects that they have. So Campusano is the main, I think, the most viable uh, trade target, you know, in terms of those top Padres prospects because. They have four catchers. I think the comments that you've heard A.J. Preller use in the past about, um, you know, how much he likes Ori Alfaro, uh, his tools that he has, I think, and especially that he just traded for him. I don't think he's going to trade for him and flip flip him. Plus, I don't think he really has that whole much value right now, to be quite honest, on the trade market when this lockout, you know, concludes because he's had some injury history like Austin Nola's had. Uh, The power hasn't been there since 2018, 2019, when he hit 18 home runs in his first year with Miami, when he came over for that uh, J.T. Realmuto trade. So I just don't think that you're going to see him traded. Caratini, I don't think that you're going to see him traded, like I mentioned uh, in this article, because he's Joe Musgrove's personal catcher. You know, he's you know, you Darvish's personal catcher, uh, and like I mentioned here, you know, being both of their personal catchers is one thing, but also you don't think that the front offices would, would deal him either because he's a reliable backup, and that's what you want out of your backup, someone that can stay on the field. And Caratini proved that last year. He can prove, and he's, he's proved that pretty much his entire career. Now the power is not totally there, uh, but with that said, I think that, you know, you want a reliable backup catcher, and he is as reliable, you know, as they come. And so, you know, that's why uh, getting to Austin Nola, while that might make sense, I get that he has an injury history as well. But it was, you know, less than two years ago that he was hitting over 300 with the Mariners before the trade to the Padres. Um, so I get that that's a smaller market. But he has shown in the big leagues, at least at some time span, that he can hit pretty well. He can play well. Uh, he can hit. He can survive, definitely survive in the big league level. At the catching position, he's pretty good defensively, at catcher as well. And I think a team, if they're at least getting, uh, I think, you know, with Nola, maybe they're banking that he can stay healthy. Um, Now, if you trade Nola with Hosmer, that's a very low chance of happening just because of Hosmer's production and Nola's uh, kind of injury history. But with that said, I think that that could allow that other team to not have to give up as big of a prospect as maybe they would if you're giving up a campus honor, if the Padres are giving campus honor up to a team like the Red Sox in this deal. So again, campus honor or NOLA and Hosmer, the Padres, uh, the Red Sox take on 20 million of that remaining contract. Padres, uh, provided the other 39 million. Again, Hosmer still has 59 million remaining in the entirety of his contract. I believe he has four more years left. Um, So the Padres would really have to be helping out financially, but we already knew that was going to be the case. And the Red Sox, I do want to get to why the Red Sox would be okay with this. I I mean, Austin Nola, again, I'm more focusing on the leaves Camposano part of the catcher with Hosmer. Um, It could be Myers too, uh, but they're also already taking on a Jackie Bradley contract in the outfield. So I think that Camposano and Hosmer might be the more likely case and I think for the Red Sox, like I mentioned here, I think a catcher is definitely something that they'd uh, that they'd be interested in. A catcher of Campusanu, uh, you know, his value is uh, you know his it definitely he's someone, you know, at the top of the minor league system for the Padres that he definitely has value on the trade market, obviously, and he has potential. Um, you know, potential, I know that it, it's, it's only potential because it hasn't been done yet. So it's not like he's going to perform. You know, he kind of struggled at the big league level with the Padres when he came here. But he looks better with the mechanics, shortened load uh, at the plate. Um, so we'll see if he ever gets the big leagues again with the Padres. Um, but I think it would be a, definitely an attraction to get campus honor if you're high in bloom in the Red Sox. Uh, because Christian Vasquez, their starting uh, catcher, he only has one year left on his major league deal. Um, and so if they, and he's over 30 years, he's 31 years old. So I'm not quite sure that they'd want to continue uh, that, you know, relationship if he's over 30 and they have the chance to acquire a 23 year old in Campesano who has the tools, he has good power and he has a strong arm. So I think maybe they're willing to bet on that. And if that doesn't work, they can always bring him back. I don't, Vasquez on a one or two year deal, or have him be the backup catcher and kind of mentor a campus owner, or just whatever the case is. Uh, there's always one or two year deals or trades that they can make for a catcher if campus honor doesn't work out. Um, or, the, like I said, they can always bring Vasquez back. Uh, I think, you know, being a free agent at the end of the year, that I don't think that they're going to want to give big money to Vasquez. But again, I'm not a Red Sox fan. I'm not in Boston. So, I don't really have a huge pulse on what's happening with that whole Vasquez situation, but I think that's why it's interesting to the Red Sox. They get the potential in Campusano, and he could come in at the very right time to replace Vasquez uh, as the, you know, the permanent starting catcher Uh, from, you know, and for the Red Sox with Hosmer, they supposedly, I don't really believe this, but they supposedly had interest in him finished in second place, I guess uh, in that whole free agent Offseason when the Padres landed, Hosmer. The Red Sox were not willing to give him that much money. But that but now that it's four years in, maybe they're more willing to. Uh Heim Bloom's not really, he doesn't, especially as we saw with Mookie Betts. And Mookie Betts, one of the best players in the league, top three player in the league, in my opinion. They're not even they weren't even willing to pay him, give him big money. And if there's anyone you're gonna give big money to, it's him. And the Dodgers did that. Uh, before he even played one regular season game with them in a Dodger uniform. So I think that, yeah, it might be hard for the Red Sox to, you know, want to pay that much money to Hosmer. But that's why I have the Potteries in this potential hypothetical trade, uh, picking up a big 39 of the 59 million remaining on the contract. Uh, I think the first base situation in Boston, they have Bobby Dahl back there right now. He hasn't really been great. Uh, in a Red Sox uniform. Um, so, and I think Hosmer, you know, they have J.D. Martinez still as the D.H., but if Martinez leaves, they can always have Hosmer there. They can have Hosmer as a pinch hit bat. Uh, if Bob Dahlbeck struggles, they can have Hosmer there. Um, now, one thing with Hosmer in Fenway that might not fit though, I guess, it, I you know, is he's not a huge oppo hitter when he's on. He is, so he could totally pepper that uh, green monster. But at the same time, uh, he's more of a pull hitter. Uh, and if he does have the ball in the air, it's probably not getting out because of how deep that right center field gap is at Fenway. But I think that, um, you know, the first, the they, the Red Sox, I mean, they could always go get Freddie Freeman if they want to pay that. Uh, but then that goes against their whole messaging of not paying Mookie Betts. So you're going to pay Freeman but not paid bets, who's been there, who was there his entire career, won a World Series with them. So won an MVP. That just did not really make sense. They could bring in Rizzo, but they tried to last offseason and that didn't happen. Um, So I think, you know, but I did want to bring up a point here by ending this. The Red Sox, you know, that whole point that I have just been talking about, them not wanting to pay big money to guys in long-term, you know, with Heim Bloom coming over from the whole Tampa Bay Rays thing where they don't pay big money to guys guys uh, usually. Uh, and they're more nickel and dining guys, one, two year deals, Rich Hills type stuff. Uh, I think with that said, they just did trade Hunter Renfro to the Brewers, well, former Padre, by the way, for, um, for Jackie Bradley Jr. And Jackie Bradley Jr., is one of the, uh, you know, worst offensive players in baseball, uh, definitely worst offensive outfielders in baseball. So I think, you know, they have sh- they definitely showed, and I th- we can pull up the contract here, by the way, they did show uh, that they're willing, at least in that Bradley case, to take on big salary to get top third. They got two top 30 prospects back in that deal before the lockout. So I think that definitely shows that they're willing to you know, take on a big contract like Jackie Bradley Jr.'s and therefore Aaron Cosmers potentially if they're going to get back a top prospect. The Padres, they have that top prospect that they can give to uh, the Boston Red Sox and Luis Campesano. So here I'm pulling up on YouTube for all the YouTube folks. We got Jackie Bradley Jr.'s contract. He is a free agent at the end of 2024, so he's under control for the next two years. 2023 is a mutual option. Red Sox probably won't pick that up, but they're still paying eight million dollars on the buyout. So he got paid six and a half million in the first year. Brewers didn't want to pay the next two years, so at least 2022. So he's getting paid nine and a half million. That's a pretty big contract uh, for. A defensive first Jake Mariznick type center fielder who doesn't have a whole lot of pop, uh, doesn't hit for average, just isn't a great offensive talent. They're paying a lot of money to him, so they're willing to pay. So in this proposal, right, I have them taking on twenty million. That's or right, I'm taking on yeah twenty million. Uh, They so they'd be paying for let's say. Let's see, we could pull a positive contract here. Um, the Padres would obviously like in they're you know helping them out with $39 million. And if they take on, and if it's $39 million, I'm saying that they're giving them over the next three years. So they're giving them all the Red Sox would have to pay here is that base salary, the $20 million for 2022. They would have. 2023, 2024, and 2025 all taken care of by the Padres in this hypothetical trade. Now, maybe that's too lenient for the Padres, and they they don't want to pay that much. But if you want the payroll flexibility, um, and you want some pretty good prospect in return, you're going to have to do it. I think. So all they have to do is pay 20 million dollars uh, for 2022, and I think they can. I think the Boston Red Sox, a big market team they can sink, They can suck that up um, just for 2022. So that's right now, that's the Padres' uh, you know, payroll situation, what the Red Sox might want. Again, just a quick recap for all of those, kind of got lost you know, in my words there. Uh, the Padres would receive here a pitching prospect or maybe two, might be lower level because of how much that big contract is for Hosmer. And I have the Padres giving the Red Sox Campusano um, so that the Red Sox are able to take on Hosmer and his contract. $39 million of relief the Padres are giving the Red Sox. Red Sox taking on 20000000 million. I'd love to know your thoughts. Any other hypothetical trades you'd want me to go over? Again, it's the lockout. There's not a whole lot to talk about, so I'm, come on. Uh, give me any hypothetical trades, and I'll talk about them. Uh, thanks for, Thank you. This has been Episode 80 of the Talking 4 Hours Podcast. Hope you have a good weekend. Ben Fadden here. Until next time, let's go Padres.